the extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. So welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur podcast. And I'm always love getting messages from the people who listen to the show. And I got one from a lady called Orla, who is here, who runs Dozer's Dogs. Welcome to the show, Orla. Hi, Alan. Pleased to meet you. So do you listen to the show regularly or was it a random email? No, I listen to the podcast all the time. And in fact, since uh, I found out that you were maybe interested in talking to me, I've gone back to the start and started listening to them all again. (laughs) (laughs) I I honestly didn't set that as homework. Um, (laughs) No, it's fine. Um, Yeah, I just uh, wanted to make sure I had sort of listen to the way that you spoke to other people that you were uh, coaching and things. And uh, uh, yeah, it's always worthwhile listening to them over and over and over again. Cool. I love that. And I'm glad they've been helpful. It's always different live though. So this will be interesting. So Orla, tell me and tell everyone listening, what was the challenge you wanted help with? What's going on that's causing friction in your business? So I run a dog working company and um I started small. It was only ever myself and uh, a number of dogs and uh, sort of took it off. And then after a wee while, I've started hiring staff and now I've got a a small team going. Um, So the the, the number of dogs uh, is increasing uh, monthly and the need for me to do the scheduling is uh, it's taken Mm. an awful lot of my time. Um, but the main problem that I'm having at the minute is that I've because I was small and because it was just me, I was always quite flexible with people on the cancellation policies. So basically people would book um, their dog walking and it's not on a week to week basis. They have a, a regular slot. People sometimes have their dogs walk two days a week, three days a week, four days a week and the schedule rolls on. But what I'm finding more recently um, is that people are cancelling willy-nilly so back in the day they used to say oh I, I I'm not going to be here on Thursday and I just shrug and say oh that's fine I'll just carry on but now that I've got staff involved I'm booking staff to do um, a dog walking run and there may need to be for profitability purposes there needs to be you know four dogs in that group for me to be able to pay the wages and with the current situation mm. for the diesel to be doing that traveling. Um, so if I book them and then a, st- a, a client says, oh, I'm not coming or I'm not coming, then there's, they actually don't expect to pay because yes. that's the way it's always been. And it used to be where I'd say, okay, if you're not here on Thursday, shall I get you on Friday instead? But now the schedule's so tight that that's not always an option. And uh, so I recently sent out a newsletter to all the people saying that basically I, I was I was looking for brand loyalty in difficult times because I think this is my product is or my service is I, what I would term a luxury service um, mm-hmm. because people could essentially walk their own dogs if they wanted to. <laughs> they have legs, uh, most people. Most um, people, yeah. No, that's true. I've got a, a number of disabled people. They can't walk their own dogs. But um, yes, so I... I positioned myself with them and said listen we're going to try to be the only business this year that's not going to raise prices and I gave them a newsletter that broke down the ways in which I would be stockpiling equipment and looking at cutting other costs as much as possible in order that I wouldn't have to raise their prices and said uh, obviously it's under review I'll, I'll, I'll look at it again in six months but you can rely on us, we're going to stay the same, we're going to keep providing the quality service, but your prices are not going to change. But in saying that, I need them to be paying on a weekly basis in order for me to make all the other things happen. So I got in touch with you thinking, I've, I've looked at how to uh, maybe consider, I've had a number of people that have said to me before about like gym membership, you pay mm. your membership, and if you don't go to the gym, nobody gives you your money back. 
So I've kind of been trying to look at whether or not there's a fair way to give people the costings on it, but for the cancellation purposes, not to fall back on me, but it's up to them. If they decide to cancel, then that's a loss to themselves. Or if Because way that some of the cancellations have been recently, it's, it's not urgent. It's not always... Um, sometimes they've booked the dog's haircut on a, a specific time, which I feel that could be done at another time. If they felt well, it that depends my... on the dog's haircut cancellation policy. So if that <laughs> happens, it's down to who's got the hardest cancellation policy and who's the nicer person that I can get away with it. And Good point. Ola, you seem too nice. You're nice. Yes. You seem lovely, in fact. Like, I love Thank chatting you. to you. But you seem far too nice. Far yes. too nice currently. We, yes. we keep going. But that's my yes. initial reaction is, yes. you're lovely and this might be costing you. Yes. Well, Alan, uh, the reason I'm here is because I'm going to basically let you tell me uh, that I need to be not so nice. And then when I have to break the news to everybody else, I'm going to blame you. (laughs) I can take it. I can definitely take it. Um, So Uh, I think like, I'm not going to tell you not to be nice, but I am going to tell you it has to be fair. Yes. And it has to be fair to you. Otherwise, why are we even doing this? And it has to be fair to them. And if it's fair and set out with clear guidelines, then they agree to that up front. Then that's the way life is. Even if you do that, there will be some people that try and like wiggle their way out of it. And to give you an example of that, we had, we, we run a fairly major event with quite an expensive ticket price. One lady decided, for whatever reason, she didn't want to come. She signed the terms and conditions and the cancellation policy, and then she tried to get out of it. And we said, well, look, here's the T's and C's you signed. I'm really sorry. Like, you've left us last minute. We're not going to be able to redo this, resell the price. She got upset. She went to the credit card company. She said that we were being bad. The credit card company came to us and said, has she signed the terms and conditions? And can you send us your cancellation policy, which we did? Uh, And that was the end of it. But people will try and get out of it. And there has to be an element of fairness. Like, I've been very clear up front, and that's it. And I'm really sorry, but I'm not willing to take a hit because you've changed your mind. Yes, And fairness for all of us, I think, is really important. And I think a lot of small business owners are just, they're doing it because they love it and they're just too nice. And they're just, we need to get away from nice and be like fair. And then if you want to really look after someone because they genuinely have an emergency, you can. Um, But that's not the normal thing where someone's got, oh, I double booked the haircutting thing. I'm really sorry. I've got to cancel you. You'll lose money because you've got to pay the same diesel and the same staff costs. But I don't care. It's just my mistake. And you're the nice one who will take the loss. And that's that's not fair. Yeah. I agree. I think, you know, that I'm starting to feel a little bit more under pressure. And some of these customers have been with me now since the very, very start. So mm. trying to to get them on board, I think a lot of them would be very understanding when, if I was to put something in place. But I do I do feel like it, it just, there's other people relying on me now with the, the staff. And it has to be said now, the last few months, I haven't really been taking any wages out of this myself because the the margins are, are tight and um i don't i think as well I, I i don't really think that they necessarily understand the logistics of what i'm putting together i don't think a, a, a lot of my customers now understand the size of the operation and yeah it's it's a big hit when somebody just decides to skip a day here or there so i want to be able to tie in knowing that people i think as i had sent you the cancellation policies page because mm-hmm. people do take holidays and um, for me to be able to fit in the idea that their space gets saved if they go away for a fortnight, that they're not going to come back and need to start signing up all over again. But it's just the willy-nilly 
bits and pieces that's happening at the minute that I I'm, I am it's starting to to grate on my nerves and then I I don't want to take it out on anybody else but then I am struggling. <laughs> Sort of struggling. <laughs> you're, you're so nice. I don't want to take it out on anyone else. Um, so look, just before we dive into that pricing structure and those elements, I do want to tackle something. Okay. I think you're crazy for not raising your prices. Inflation okay. is 10% in the UK, like it came out this morning. Prices are literally going up for everything. And our pounds are worth less. So yes. if you're charging the same, you are literally taking a price cut. You have taken a, you've not raised your prices. You've taken a 10% price reduction. Okay. Does that make sense to you? Like if everything else goes up 10%, yes, and you've kept yours the same, yeah. Like you you're paying 10% more for everything else. You've literally taken a 10% pay cut more or less. Yeah, well, in April, the minimum wage took a massive jump. The national insurance has taken a massive jump. Um, diesel is through the roof. Um, I guess the, my thinking at the time was to just position myself in their mind. Like, if people are doing a budget at this point of, of the house and they say to themselves, what can we live without? What then I'm thinking that dog walking is possibly one of the things that they could decide to live without. So maybe. I was... Maybe. I just, you said something right at the start that we are a luxury service. And I think it's nice that you see yourself as a luxury service, but I would just give you a slightly different perspective from the other side. Do people see their pets as a luxury or a member of the family that they would do anything for? They see it as an, an, uh, any, somebody in their family that they would do anything for. So are you an essential service or a luxury that can be cut willy-nilly because, well, that family member doesn't deserve it? Well, during COVID, uh, we were classified as an essential service. I was thankfully able to keep working throughout. I had customers that were disabled, I had customers that were working for the NHS. Their hours were through the roof. So I put it to all the customers at the time, who needs us? Who wants to continue and who would rather that I didn't come round your house and bring germs? And I put in place uh, systems for, we had a, not a click and collect, a no contact collection service. <laughs> so it was like, throw your dog out the front door, I'll drive <laughs> off with it. Uh, when I come back, I don't want to talk to you, I don't want to see you, I'm going to throw the dog back in the door. Um, and we, and then for the customers that decided to cancel, I took steps to stay in touch with all of them and I made up little COVID packages that told them Amazing. how they could look after the dogs during COVID. And I went round and I left them all little uh, paper bags on the doorstep with dog treats and things like that in and said, okay, so you're staying indoors, but here's how you should look after your dog and we'll see you soon. So, yeah, I was out and about when the city looked like uh, apocalypse now. There was nobody, there was no traffic and I just drove around. And I also told a lot of the, the people, if you need a prescription, if you need a packet of fags, let me know and I'll pop around the shops on my way because I'm out here doing whatever needs to be done anyway. So if you don't need to leave, just let me know what you need and I'll throw other things at your house. <laughs> <laughs> Milk and uh, essential items. So, yes, answering the question, I am an essential service uh, in a, a whole lot of ways, yes. Does that change the way you look at it slightly? Because I think you're worried about being cut and some people are going to, but some people don't see you like that. They see you as an essential service and they want to keep yeah. using you and they would actually rather cut Netflix than dog walking. So I like we have to just positively do what we're doing and we as small business owners cannot be afraid of losing a few customers. And I think one other thing I've got for you is you were talking about the people who've been with you from the start if you change your pricing model you might lose some of the first customers okay is that okay no <laughs> and that's why you're struggling with pricing that's why you're struggling to stand up to them when they change things because we're afraid of losing customers I, we are I, going I, to lose it's customers. not the customers it's the dogs i don't oh, the dogs. <laughs> 
<laughs> you love the dogs. But there will always be new dogs. There will always be new customers. There will always be different groups of people. And sometimes when you change your pricing, you have to let go of the old to allow in the new who aren't going to cancel and are going to pay a gym membership and value you in a different way. Alan, there's people that can't afford to pay me and I still go and walk their dogs. Uh, and I, I do it for tuppence because if I don't, some of these dogs, if I don't walk them, they won't get walked. They'll be sat in the house drinking beer and smoking fags. Um, so I go and I get them. Oh, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> No, I love it. You have a huge heart. And I spend my time at Rebel Business School helping as many people as possible. There has to be a line, though. There has to be, like, you have to earn money to pay. I'm assuming you eat food and have a mortgage. Like, you need money to live. Um, Yes. There has to be that line, because otherwise you're turning into a charity. And we shouldn't be selling. We should be raising money in a different way. And I'm not sure that's the best thing for you, like, we need to earn yes. the money so that you are happy and then you can look after a couple of the dogs on the side, definitely. But like yes. you're being squeezed left, right and centre and you're still giving everything away. And yes, I love yes. that. I admire yes. it. And so no, sometimes I I sometimes it makes me grumpy too because the people do take advantage of me and then mm-hmm. I feel I feel resentful at times because you don't always get the appreciation back the way that you've that you've set it out that's true do you ever tell them that you feel resentful and grumpy no very no. rarely well might be an idea i'm feeling <laughs> upset that you have done this i'm giving you a service and doing the best i can and i feel upset and i feel like you're taking advantage of me and see how they react because Crikey. they might not even know that they're doing this to you. They, I guarantee they're not. They're just like, all as lovely. She does what she can. And we like, we, they don't even know what they're doing to you. They probably don't know. Like, please take this in a nice possible way. It feels like you've got the British stiff upper lip of, I'm just going to get on with it and not tell anyone. People probably don't even know you're struggling. Yeah, that's probably true. I like to make it look good. And I guess I've dragged myself up from the start doing it on my own and then hiring people and then there's also part of me that says like why do they need to care it's like because at the end of the day I've opted to start the business and and I've opted to take on the extra size and I'm the one that's trying to be an employer and there's probably an ego boost in there for me somewhere that this is what I enjoy doing and then charge them properly, hold on to your... Like, if they don't care about you, then you need to push and go, okay, I've got my cancellation policy, here's the pricing, and be strong on it. Like, it doesn't work both ways. What I think you're doing is you're doing it both ways. Like, you care deeply about them, but you don't expect them to care about you. And that doesn't really work. Like, we'll either have it both ways. Like, these are the policies and you need to follow them and I'll do my best. Okay. Or like, I completely care about you and I will do work for free and I will look after you, but I expect to you, I expect you to completely care about me at the same time. Like it's okay. not, it's not both. Does that make sense? Yes. It's not binary. <laughs> it's not binary. Katie would be screaming that right now. It's not one or zero. Um, it can't be both. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're right. And I think that's sometimes what I do in my newsletters is that I, I send them out and I say, here's the update. This is how things are going. We've got three vans going in opposite directions. We're, we're so walking they see near, you nearly 100 times a week. But also sometimes I think I'm trying to hammer it home to them. This is how busy we are. This is why you need to make your mind up uh, when you want me because uh, it, there's not the same flexibility that there used to be um, in the system. Do you ever say that? Or do you just hope they get that from the fact you have more vans? I suppose I write, I've written it in the in the newsletter before about 
you know, this is where we're up to. We're increasing the staff numbers, you know, making sure that everybody's trustworthy and reliable. And I try to frame it in a double way. So I'm saying, listen, we've got more staff, so you can't just have me anymore because a lot of the a number of the people just want it to be me. So I've been trying to say, I can't I walk. I can see why. <laughs> I said, I've got really good staff now. I'm going to get the dogs used to everybody. This increases your flexibility because there's always going to be somebody available that's familiar with your dog that can take it out. It doesn't just have to be me all the time. And the other side of this is, you know, it's... Um, it's a really tight ship that we're running that we've got vans going in all the different directions and so the schedules are tighter and it's uh, can't always push I'm always pushing on the professional whatever we're doing it's professional we're keeping it uh, top quality and you can expect the same service from all of that you can get from any of the other staff the consistency of the service is there no matter who's coming but maybe I am just hoping that they infer from that mm -hmm. that it's... You're not being direct, Orla. Okay. There's no direct communication here of this is what's happening, this is what you need to do, this is the impact for you, this is what I need. We, we're hoping they get it and they might not. They might be going, Orla's got three vans and she's got 100 people. She's not going to care if I cancel a couple. They might take the exact oh. opposite meaning to the one you're hoping that they get. We just don't know. Oh, light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, yes. Okay, they're thinking, oh, it's all happening in every direction, all over town. I can just pick and... Right, okay. See, that's a good point. We've got to be direct, and I think the British style of communication is horrible. It's just like, let me be indirect and speak about positives and hope you randomly get my message at the side. We're just not good at that directness. And actually, it's not just British people. It's all around the world. We all feel quite uncomfortable well, being I am gonna, direct. Well, I am going to have to push it on to Alan that uh, I'm, I'm in Ireland. <laughs> oh, you're in Ireland? Okay. Well, technically, technically, no. It's... It's a political statement, but uh, we've got a lot of British customers and we've got a lot of Irish customers here in my town. Oh, so okay. So we won't even go there. As a general rule, uh, yes. people at this side of the world are not very good at being direct. Um, yes. Let's go for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. shows how bad I was not picking up I've brought accent, you into. I apologise. No, the accent, the accent is from Yorkshire. Uh, so that's, that's not... Uh, uh, the name is terribly irish uh the accents mainly english but yes living in northern ireland stroke ireland we walk a fine line between making sure that we've included both sides of the community on these types of things well let's just say I've dragged you into none a of us are good at, yeah i know i'm gonna <laughs> skip very quickly over that one and just say let's just say we're none of us are good at being direct like yes. that direct communication just doesn't happen and i think that's one of the main things i'm going to ask you to do is direct communication direct um, communication i'm just going to like move gears very slightly because then i've got some questions for you okay were you better off financially physically mentally not having staff and vans probably yes i don't oh Maybe. So you've scaled a business. Yes. To do more. Yes. And earn less and be more stressed and have more yes. problems. Yeah. Well, yes. The, the oh, minefield. Okay. So I started out with just a small number of dogs. And the other part of what I did was um, I did a dog hotel at my house. So oh, dogs wow. would come and sleep over. Happened quite by accident, but people were going on holidays. Where will I put my dog? It's like, okay, yeah. you can come. So I used to earn money 
from having dogs sleeping over as well as dogs getting walked on the basis. My daughter would have been in school at that stage, so I fitted the dog walking system in and around what I needed to do for her. So the, she got dropped off at school, we did breakfast club, I went straight out and did a dog walk, then I would have done another dog walk, and then I would have been ready to pick her up from school. And then we came home for after school, did homework, and we had maybe four dogs sitting on the sofa that were uh, staying on the holidays. <laughs> and we'd take them out for another wee walk before bedtime. So there was, yeah, technically the two sources of income common. Over time, the, the requests for dog walking increased over and over and over again. So I started realising that. And also, if I was wanting... To, if she needed a day off school, everything got cancelled. If we wanted to go on holiday, there was no dog walking. So I started to need staff in order to keep the thing going. Um, and I guess the reason for saying those comments was we need to change something so that it works for you. Because mm-hmm. at the moment you're building a business that's actually taking from you rather than giving you and giving you time giving you profit so I think we need to change this business so it works for you not just works for your customers that's the only reason for saying that because I think the business isn't working for you and I guess I'm positioning because I think you're going to be uncomfortable with some of the changes I'm going to suggest to make okay um, because you're going to go that's not fair on the customer and it's like well it's got to be fair for both of you so I think like this business has to work for you. Otherwise, why are we running it? Because at the moment you're kind of giving away your time, not raising your prices, being nice to everyone else, but not looking after you. And I'm sure you've probably heard me say, put the oxygen mask on you first over yeah. the years. And I feel like you're putting the oxygen mask on everyone else. All the dogs, <laughs> all the people around you, they're getting looked after but you're not. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. And the dog walking side of things, well, during COVID, the dog walking continued, but all the holiday stuff broke down. So that's a classic point there, is that what I realised at that point was that the people who were no longer going on holidays didn't care that they were cancelling their bookings at my dog hotel. They just decided not to go anywhere and not to pay any money. And Mm -hmm. the dog boarding went down the tubes, basically. So I started increasing the amount of dog walking that was available in order to fill the gap of the dog hotel. And then the travel opening up again, I realised that I had really, really tied myself and my daughter down for every weekend and all the holidays with having the dog hotel in our house and we have actually not gone back to doing the dog sitting and I have experienced quite a lot of pushback from customers where they have said to me you know well where am I going to put my dog now for the holidays and some of them have nearly expected me to find them new accommodations and that has left me feeling quite taken for granted yeah, because it wasn't up to me to sort no, out. They your chose dog to have a dog. They chose to have a dog. It's down to them what they do and how they do it. And you've provided a service which you're no longer willing to provide, and yes. that's okay to say no. So I think, yeah, I think my job today is to help you be stronger and just stand up to them a little bit because they're taking advantage of you. Yes, I'm thinking right now that I can't tell any of them to listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, if they hear this, what do you think they would think? They think, Ola, why didn't you tell me that you were struggling? Why didn't you tell me that this was having an impact on you and your business? Why didn't you tell me, Ola? I would have, like, looked after you. And we would have come up with a way to do it. We would have worked. If they value your service and they value you... Like, my reaction would be, I didn't even know you were struggling. I'm glad I found out. And if that's not their reaction, do you want as a customer? Okay, yeah. Oh, this is... Oh, oh. 
You weren't yes. expecting this today, were you? No, no. I think I think we should just end it here. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your time. I'm off. Yeah, um, <laughs> None of this. This is this is the, the yeah. Oh yes. No, I know. I I deep down, I know. I guess I've ooh, I've tried to reason with myself. I don't think I'm as nice as what it, I'm sounding like, because I think I have felt resentful at times, and then the resentfulness makes me feel bad about myself and then I struggle to by the time I co- it comes to putting my foot down I'm kind of sulking does that make sense um and then that's not a good conversation because you're not, not coming good. from a position of confidence yeah. and strength yes. you're coming from a position of you piss me off and I'm in the right you're in the wrong yes. that's yes. never going to lead to a good customer relationship no yes yeah. that's exactly you've right. identified a big thing there so I think it will actually help you to like have the confidence, the strength and the policies in your business to be able to say, here's the policies, here's what we do, here's the terms and conditions, here's the payment schedule, here's how it all works and confident upfront communication so that if it does go wrong and you do end up feeling that way, you can go back to the paperwork, say what it is. And then if they don't want to play the game, they don't want to play the game. Yes. You shouldn't have them as customers. We really shouldn't. And sometimes we're so desperate to like look after the dog or hold on to the customer because we've had them for a long time. It's actually doing ourselves a disservice and them a disservice because better things come along sometimes when we let go of something that isn't working. Yeah, I did have a customer maybe a few months back who wanted very specific things and I said that I couldn't do it um, and it was against everything that had gone before because I'd always done basically what she wanted me to do and then she ended up cancelling and I, I felt like I'd come away feeling like a worse person for it because just uh, I felt like she was so loyal for such a long time but I knew that I couldn't do what she was asking and it was the first time ever that I just said no I I won't be able to make those arrangements for you and and then it came to an end Um, but I, I, I think I felt my reputation was at stake afterwards as though that they could say bad things about me. So I think couple of points from me I know how you feel I've let go of clients before I feel super bad and weird about it but I've got used to it over the years and then I've got stronger of like they're asking me to do something that I can't do or I don't want to do and I don't have to do it just because they ask and I think in life I have the permission to ask you for something and you have permission to say no. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. And if they then get shirty, I don't know what word I should use at that point, so I went with shirty. <laughs> it's not really an Alan word. But if they get a little bit off because you've said no, well, you shouldn't no. just... Yeah, there's, you can't bow down to every request. Like if you if they say to you, I need you to dog walk at 2 a.m., because that's the time the dog needs to walk and you say no because you quite like to sleep at night. That's okay. Yeah. And they can get as uppity you know, as they want. I think the the thing that I came away from that particular customer because she'd been with me from the start was that maybe I had got too big for my britches. That, you know, nowadays, oh, now you think you can just say no to doing things because you've got so up yourself and you've you've grown the thing so big now that all of a sudden you can't look after the people that made you at the start. I feel like you're That's... the least up yourself person I've ever met, Orla. Like, <laughs> I'm not getting that sense from you at all. And Well, it, I, I like if to... you asked anybody it, about me, about whether or not I was afraid to say no, if you asked my mother, for instance, but let's not, but I just am flat out, a no person she'd be like do you like this handbag no do you do, did you like the new haircut that I got not really I'm incapable of bs most of the time I, li- I literally am the least bsy person to the point of I'm like a sledgehammer bluntness for for most things but not in your business but apparently from what you've revealed to me this evening <laughs> is <laughs> 
when you've broken me down to my foundations. And I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, listen, it's right. You're right. You're right. And it, I did. I did some business mentoring during COVID. The council was offering, and that's how I've got my website because mm. I did the homework. I built the website myself. I'm sure you've had a look, and you were very impressed with it, Alan. The Google Google Sites, I did it all myself because it was my homework. So I started this whole thing, getting up at five in the morning and doing the couple of hours before I start the dog walking and battering away on all these things. But this was something that they talked to me about. You know, your business is not financially putting, you're not putting it together. Um, you're doing too many favours. You struggle and I was like, yes, okay, well, let's let's focus on the website. <laughs> Let me show you what I can do with Excel. And we'll talk about all of that stuff. And I, I think I managed to run out of appointments without addressing all the things that you're just about to address with me here now. Yes, and I'm sure you've probably heard me say this on the podcast many times. I did this. I built my website rather than doing the sales calls I needed to do. I hid by doing things that were easier. It's not that easy, but you know what I mean. It's like not doing the thing you actually need to do. And I did it. Everyone's done it. Simon's done it. It's part of life. So like, join the gang. You're with us. <laughs> We've all done yeah. it. But there does come a stage where you go, I have to tackle this because it's not working and it sounds like you're getting closer to that so i think for well, me the money the money the money definitely is is uh it's it's i think i could most weeks say that i'm you know you know i, I don't think I, I think i'm profitable but I'm, I'm also uh, a pot saver. So I've got the pots for the car insurance and I've got the pots for all the different taxes. And I've got, so the money that's coming in is going for the wages, going for the taxes, going to save up for it. So everything's ready to be paid for. If the bill comes, the, the money's there to pay it. Um, so there is cash in my business, but I'm not personally taking any of it because when I look at the bank account, there's nothing left to pay me after I've paid, after I've put all the money away for, so yeah, money, money's going to, money is the thing at the minute. So two things. One is, uh, the start of the sentence, you said, I think I'm profitable. Uh, that worries <laughs> me and makes me nervous with that little word in the middle that says think. I want yeah. to know for certain we are generating X income. We have X expenses and we are x profitable and i would want to know that for certain because my parents ran a pub for two years where they were losing money month on month because they didn't get their head out of the sand and look at the actual figures and that was for a whole bunch of reasons but the outcome was they were gradually going deeper into debt by doing it that way, and they didn't look at the figures. So I just, like, you might be losing 50 quid a month, but because you've got your pot system and because you've got things organized, it's not showing yet. You might yeah. be making £300 a month, and actually you can pay yourself a bit, but we need to know. So I think part number one of your homework is... We need to know factually, are we making a profit? Yes, no. Here's what we spent this month. Here's what we took this month. What's the difference? That's the profit. That that has to be part of the homework. And then the second bit building on what you said is I don't like the fact you're doing this all for free. You need to live. You need to be able to pay yourself. We need to up your prices and we need to find a pricing structure that works for you. And I've had this conversation a few times with different people, but I don't think ever on air about mobile phone pricing. Mobile phone pricing 
what do they prefer you to take? Do they prefer you to take pay as you go or a monthly direct debit? Monthly direct debit. Yeah, and why is that? Because it's just regular money. It's regular money. They know exactly what they've got in. Before the month even starts, they know they have X thousand customers paying X pounds a month. And then they can put everything in place to back that up. If you set that up, model up, you would know you have X number of dogs at X pounds a month. You have this much money coming in and that will cover the three members of staff, the van and all the costs without anything extra. And you'll make a profit. Pay as you go is the one that's a bit of a nightmare because they're like people will randomly buy stuff when they want to and you don't really know when the money's coming in and maybe they just don't that's use what, it that's, maybe that's they forget exactly to what do I it. am right now I am pay as you go that's exactly what it is people mm-hmm. are paying and we need to change yes yes I agree with that <laughs> I agree with that bit what I guess I was hoping was that when I asked, so, so I'm guessing that I'm um, thinking if I can get people to commit to the four-week cycle or whatever and, you know, your cancellations of your business, that the prices wouldn't necessarily have to rise because I think the money's there in it if people just pay for what they've ordered. Does that sound right? I think it's an opportunity to raise the prices slightly. Because but Alan, I sent many... them a newsletter. <laughs> I know, but that was before they announced on the BBC it was 10% inflation. Like, life changes, things change. How long ago was this newsletter? About a month or two. Okay, that's so it's before the inflation was really starting to kick off? Like, people are going to understand, and it doesn't have to be big, but I do think there is a little bit, and actually... If you, depending on how you structure this, it doesn't have to look like it's that much of a price rise okay. because they'll be paying in a different way. So they'll be paying a month for X number of slots in a different way and it won't look like it is much of an increase, okay. um, but it's way better for you. And I think, how many customers do you have? Roughly, like how many names? Is it in the hundreds, fifties? Uh, I've got... Uh... 37 custom, 36 customers and 39 dogs on the books, I believe. Perfect. So I'm going to ask you to ring every one of them. I'm going to ask you to ring them and say, and we'll come up with the prices in a bit, or you can come up with the prices and we can work on it. But you're going to ring them and say, look, here's where I'm at. The business has changed and it's just not working for me because of these reasons. People are cancelling. I have to pay the dog walkers even if someone cancels. So I'm actually like losing money running this business now. And I want to be able to continue to give you a good service. So I need to change this for it to work. Here's what we're going to change too. You have three options. You can pay as you go, just as you are but the price is going to increase to, do you know how much you charge per dog walk? £12.50 for one dog to be collected and £17.50 if there's two dogs at the same house. Okay, so let's just take the one dog for now. The price is going to have to increase to £17.50 for one dog. Or you can pay monthly. That's pay as you go. Or for pay monthly... We will keep the price this and you have so many per month and this is what it is. But it needs to be a direct debit. It needs to pay directly into my bank account so that I don't have to chase so that we can schedule it. And here's like my rules for this bit. So you can have the price roughly the same, the same maybe. But like, here's what it is. It's a direct debit. It's this. Here's the cancellation policy. Here's what it is. Or you can pay as you go and like, that's what it is. It's £17.50 or £20 a dog walk, whatever it is. But it needs to feel like enough of a price hike in the pay-as-you-go that you would be happy doing the pay-as-you-go for that price. And enough to scare them into doing the monthly direct debit. So 
one of the things that I think I, I'm erring on the side. Do you know what? I've hated listening to two podcasts when you've got a <laughs> some. You know when you've got somebody and you're making the suggestions, and I'm saying yes, that's right. Alan's perfectly right, and the person keeps going no, but no, but, and I'm like, stop it! Listen, he's telling you the right stuff. You've got to pay attention. Stop answering back. So I'm going to be the answering back person. Do it. I, Do it. Can can it? Could you consider that it could be four weekly instead of monthly? The reason being that uh, can it run on a cycle because. In four weeks, say so if I've got two dog walks a week, but they're going to pay monthly, every couple of weeks of the of the month, there's going to be a half a dog walk price. Do you know the monthly? I, I, I looked at the monthly and the way that the weeks roll, it's never, it's going to be hard to calculate the price, I think, because somebody gets two dog walks a week. And so for four weeks, that would be X amount. Yes, sir. I think you're being too exacting okay. in the nicest possible way. You're trying to count, like work out exactly what it is per dog walk. Yes. Like there doesn't have to be that. My th- thought is people get paid monthly a lot of the time and they're going to okay. want the direct debit the same time of the month, preferably just after they've been paid so that they okay. have the money to pay for the dog walking. If it is 52 weeks of the year, you can do a thing. It's 52 weeks of the year. You get four weeks to go on holiday where you can like choose your holiday weeks. So you get X dog weeks walking and then just divide that by 12 months and that's the price per month. Um, I think you're being very exacting and very fair and it doesn't need to be. It just needs to be it's 52 weeks, this many weeks holiday, this many walks. There's the price. That's what it is. Wow, okay. How do you feel about that? Because I, I see a moment of like, whoa. <laughs> well, I did phone my sister-in-law and asked her about her childcare because that's mm. how they pay for childcare. And she basically said that. She's like, they add it up, how many weeks, take out two weeks for Christmas, take out a week for the summer holidays, divide it by such and such, and then every month is the same price. And if the place... You know, if they're open or closed, it's month. The monthly money is coming out, and mm. then I start thinking, what if somebody only tries it for a month or two, and they've had the holidays factored in? And I guess I just got really bogged down in the minutia of it. I was like, well, there's two walks a week, but then in the third week of the month, they're only going to have one dog walk. And then there's February. You just need to go on a yearly approach. And if it's a yearly approach and you know the number of walks over the year for every week, like if it's 52 and they walk two walks a week, like you've got your four weeks holiday, so it's 48 weeks times two, they get nearly 100, 96 and then that's the bill, 96 times that, that's the bill, that's it. And we just spread your bill monthly to make it easy for you after your payday and to make it easy for us. But you'll get this number of walks over the year, really simple, really easy. And I think simplicity is your friend. You're trying to be so fair and so nice, too far in their favour it just needs to be, here's the price, here's what you get. And if you take more holidays, like you're still paying that per month. It doesn't matter. Like you can take as much holiday as you want from dog walking, but you're still paying it a month. Wow. <laughs> okay. Does the gym membership care if you don't turn up? No, no, they don't. They do want you to because they want you to keep paying and they know if you don't show up for a period, there's only a certain amount of period before you go, I'm paying that gym membership when I don't go. So they do try and get you to go. So I would still encourage you, like, if they don't use it for a month, encourage them, ring them up and say, like, you've cancelled this, you've taken your holiday, like, I want you to get value out of the service. You can still encourage them to use what they're paying for. Um but if they choose not oh, yeah. to, that's I don't, their I choice. Don't, I don't envisage a time that, that there's people not using it. Uh, how does it work then if somebody jumps on and says, I'm off, uh, I've got 
like an ex- I need another couple. I need another couple of days next week. Have you got any you extras? You know, so maybe a dog might walk Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and the lady says, "Actually, I also need you on Thursday this week." Uh, well, I guess the question is, can you fit it into your schedule? If yeah. not, you just have to say, Look, "I'm really sorry, it just doesn't fit." If it does fit into the schedule, then they pay the pay-as-you-go extra for the extra slot. That's it. True. Okay. Because, like, it wasn't planned. I want to help you out, but it's got to make sense for the diesel, for the drivers, for everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, if it's scheduled, we give you this lower rate. If it's unplanned, you pay the pay-as-you-go rate. That's the game. And they will understand the game and they will play the game. So next week there's a lady who's gone on holidays and she said, oh, well, next week can you walk the dog every day? So I cost that on a case basis and give her a price for for that. Because Absolutely. She, okay. She's paying wow. her standard price. She's got her standard walks. And if she wants more, absolutely, here's the price for more. Okay. Head exploding. <laughs> <laughs> And like, I think just simple, simple is the best way. And I think you are super detailed, awesome the way you look at the scheduling and what you're doing and trying to work it all out. Um, Simple is always the best because your customers will understand it. You will understand it. You'll know whether you're making money or not before the month even starts. And everyone wins. I don't know why I'm sitting here with a surprised look on my face because I'm pretty sure I knew you were going to say all this and yet still it, it's... <laughs> and still my stomach hurts. Oh, Ola, Ola. So what objections do you have? I don't know. Um, it just sounds expensive. Maybe I'm just brain rolling. It sounds like some of the customers are just going to be like, no, sorry, that's not going to work for me. Maybe it's well, you're charging be... them roughly the same price. If they sign up to the direct debit, they're paying roughly the same price. So, like, so before I come on, I had rolled in my head. Okay, so I've got a four-week uh, cycle, and what I'm going to do is you're going to laugh at me now, and I'm going to say so. It's twelve pound fifty for a walk, and you get two walks a week. So for four weeks, that would normally cost you. A uh, hundred pound, isn't that right? Mm-hmm. 20, yeah. So, so that'd yeah. be normally a hundred quid. Well, if you agree that you're going to pay me regular, I'm going to sell that to you for seven, the price of seven walks. So, yeah, okay, right. So wait, I'm raising but, my eyebrow just because yeah, I know this yeah, is yeah, a podcast. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> bear with me, bear with me. <laughs> so, so I'm going to say you're going to pay for seven walks. And there's going to be one in there for free. And so if you use all your slots, your quid's in. But if you've decided to cancel for a day, you've you've lost your freebie. And if you've decided to cancel for two days, then you've paid me for the walk that you were going to take anywhere. And I thought that sounded like a nice way. I think it's just getting complex again. It's just getting very complex with cancellations and this and that and the other. And like, okay, so you need to give me X weeks notice for your holiday. You have two a week. Other than that, that's kind of it. And if you cancel, you just like, then they're just telling you when they want holiday. And if they want more holiday, like you still got to pay for the service because I've still got to pay for the insurance for the trucks. I've still got to pay for the vans. I've still got to pay for everything. Like, you're hiring us for this service, and I have certain fixed costs which need to be paid, whether the dog walking happens or not. So you can give me, you've got X number of weeks holiday, and that's it. And then, like, if they really do kick up a fuss, if they have to cancel because they're going away for months you can then speak to them individually and you can be flexible if you want to. But the policy needs to be nice and tight at the top and simple. Otherwise, yes. people will try and get out of it in every single way possible, which is not good for you or them because they won't get a service eventually. Yeah. So, 
Yes, I'll get back. Right, so you said we're looking at number one is pay as you go. Number two is pay monthly for a direct debit. And those costs are going to be very similar to what they're paying now. But Maybe it's pre- a slight increase because it looks at X over the year. It's a slight increase. But like pay as you go, significantly higher. Okay. Enough to scare them into using the direct debit system. And enough to make it sure that you actually want to do the work at the pay as you go. Because there is a price where someone goes, like, if I ring you tomorrow and give you 100 quid to do a dog walk, is that okay? And you might go, it's a pain in the neck, but I'll do it because it's 100 quid. Yes. So there is always, uh, like, it's okay if it's pay as you go, if they're actually paying properly. When they're not, it doesn't feel it's okay. So, like, that's why the difference in those two prices Okay. Okay, and what's the maths again? Tell me the maths again. So you've got 52 weeks in the year. How many weeks holiday do people take nowadays, coming from me, the retired person? Um, <laughs> do they take four weeks holiday, five weeks holiday? Well, do I, should, I, should I factor in when I close? Because, like, well, that's we close... part of the holiday, yeah. Okay, okay. So, I usually take two weeks at Christmas. We usually take about two weeks at Christmas, and there's probably uh, did we take a, a week off at Easter? I think we took, but a week you have off other Easter. people. Do the other people not work at those times? No, we I, I do a shutdown and give everybody okay. Christmas, and we just um, well, we had that's where we always have done it. I suppose I always thought school holidays, like when Neve was off school, then I wanted to be at home. So I try my hardest to block it out so that when school's out, I have not got but to the go other to people work. can be out there working for you. If we've got it set up on direct debits and it's all working like clockwork, and yes, there'll be problems, there always are, but there's no reason why the other people can't be dog walking at the same time. Yeah, well, there would be, but it would tie me to the house in terms of being here to hand out keys and hand over vans and having them coming and going from my house with the transport. And it would, like even the days off that I have, if they're coming and going, I'm out the front. I I suppose that's my own fault, maybe I... Uh, there's different ways to set that up there's different ways to do things i think it's just about thinking about the options and i think like time has flown on this podcast orla time has absolutely flown uh we've been going an hour now already i don't think we're going to come to that final plan together right now so i'm gonna like this is the homework if that's okay yes the homework is like if you had 40 customers paying you x pounds a year what does that number have to be for you to be happy? 40 customers. So I have to, I need to figure that out. Yep. And include like you actually earning some money from your business and it working well for you and figuring that out. And that's partly why I said, let's first figure out what your profitability is now. Then we can okay. figure out where you need to be. And then we can do a simple like, okay, it's X number of weeks, it's X number they're paying for and work it out from there. But this is kind of your your homework is to go away and do these numbers to work it out. And we can take our time, we can work it out, and then we can come up with a very clear, this is the model we're transitioning to. And then we're going to ring everyone or you'll see them at the door or whatever it is and just say, look, we're changing this because it's unsustainable the way it is. I hope you understand. I've tried to make it as fair as possible for both the business and for me. Uh, And some of them are going to say they're not doing it anymore. And that's okay, because you will win new customers through the website you've done and different marketing. Okay. Yeah, do you know what jumped out at me? I I had envisaged that I was going to make a wee video and send them a video that was like, uh, so this is what's happening and this is how it's going to work and here's the numbers and here's what you need to pay and is that a chicken way of doing it? How would you like it to be done for you? 
like if you have a, a monthly service that you love, it's really personal. You know the person who does it. You like the person who walks your dog. How would you like that person to do it for you? I probably, being me, I'd like to see it in writing so that I can read it and look at, at what well, it means. It's definitely not an either or. You should definitely send it in writing as well. Okay. Um, I'm not saying it's all done on the phone because, but breaking the news to them, saying what's happening, like touching base with them, connecting with them, builds okay. the relationship. Yeah. They absolutely have to have it written down for a cancellation policy for a pricing structure to work. Yeah. You can ring them on the phone, tell them what it is, tell them you'll send it straight afterwards, have a look at it and get back to me. Okay, yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, I've got no I've got no uh, qualms about phoning people up and having a chat that doesn't bother me and every every one of my customers I'm uh, on a personal basis with. So it's it's not um that's not scary. Awesome. But that's the best way to connect. And if they don't answer, you leave them a voicemail saying, we're changing our pricing structure. I'll send all the details to you. If you have any questions, ring me back. And then you will need like a cutoff point of by this day, you are changing to the new policy. Or that's it. Because otherwise so, people will like put it off, put it off, put it off. Needs so Christmas 2025. No, Orla, no. <laughs> time now just <laughs> they can do it immediately <laughs> but by july the first or whenever it is or by august the first whatever the date is it doesn't matter like we need to have made a decision you're either choosing pay as you go or the monthly direct debit and those are the new prices and it, i'm comfortable with whichever one you do because we've set pay as you go at a price you'd be comfortable with and you give them that option, like, I'm happy if you stay pay as you go. This is the new pricing. I'm happy if you come and direct debit. This is the new pricing. Uh, the new pricing on direct debit is roughly the same. The new pricing on pay as you go has to go up because of the cancellations, because of the rise of this, that, the other. Uh, those are your cho two choices. And you make okay. it really easy, really easy. Um, and then they get to decide. Yes. So my homework is to look at a profitability study and get you some real numbers, get myself some real numbers, mm -hmm. uh, and then look at what the pricing needs to be for 40 customers in order to bring the profit profitability. I'm very, I've just, I feel so hopeful that I'm more <laughs> profitable than I'm actually sounding right now. I think we're well, both you... going to be pleasantly surprised, Alan. <laughs> I hope so. I really hope so. I hope you come back to me and go, I've, I'm making a fortune. I'm not I've, raising I've, my prices. I've, I've made this sound uh, like a willy-nilly operation. <laughs> and it's, no, it's I really actually that. think you're very well organised. And from my sense, you're very well organised, very well structured. I just don't think you that, uh, applying that focus and structure to the numbers in mm. the same way as you apply it to the scheduling of the dogs, looking after the dogs and the customers. Yes. And I think yeah. you need the same forensic level of like, this is going to be super organized. I'm going to know what I'm earning. I know what I need. The same energy. And you will be so on top of your business. It'll be unbelievable. Yeah. Because I, I was profit first in, I mean, technically I still am. But I've probably profit pay yourself part is is what's going to be all right. I've got the taxes, as I said, I've got the pots ready for all the different things, but I'm probably a bit flexible on what I what I pay myself. And yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get it. Oxygen mask first. Everyone listening, please put the oxygen mask on you first. The oxygen mask of profit, which will pay for your mortgage, your pizza, your house, your kids. Put the profit mask on first. Yeah, don't watch Fight Club because the instructions <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yes, thank you. Nightmares shall ensue from here. <laughs> will you let us know how it goes, Ola? I will. 
Yes. What do I have a time frame for my homework, Alan? That's a good question. It's now the 22nd of June, 2022. I would love to know how profitable you are in the next two weeks and let me know the profit figures and a rough outline of what you think the costs will be. I think two weeks is enough for you to get on top of that. Yeah. Perfect. And my closing message to everyone listening to the podcast is your business has to work for you as well as your customers. I think we're so worried about looking after customers, making sure it's right for them. We forget we need to eat. <laughs> we need to look after ourselves. It needs to work for us too. And sometimes you can't bend over backwards and give everything your customer needs because you won't have anything left for you. So we need to get the pricing right so you charge the amount that is comfortable for you to live, for your customer to get a good service and for everyone to be happy. And we need to make sure we put the profit oxygen mask on us first because the business is not about giving away money. The business is about making money to build the life you want to live. So thank you, Orla, for coming on the show. Thank, thank you. you for everyone listening please go out there and charge for what you do because people will value your service you can have any life you want to choose to build something cool choose to take action choose to work to make your dreams become reality stand out be different be yourself be a rebel entrepreneur